This episode of Board Star on Being Bored is sponsored by the Northwestern Mutual Foundation. Welcome to Board Star on Being Bored. I'm Pat Wispinski of the Nonprofit Management Fund. We're podcasting from our storefront office in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In an earlier podcast, I spoke with Susan Kenny Stevens, the senior consultant from Larson Allen Public Service Group, about her work with nonprofit life cycles. During that conversation, we identified a unique challenge for nonprofits, and that is when the founder is still involved with the organization. Today, I have the opportunity to once again interview Susan Kenny Stevens by phone in her Minneapolis office to talk about founder syndrome. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you so much, Pat. I know that you've spent a lot of, quite a bit of time actually, both studying founders and working with them in general, but in particular, when they get kind of mired down with founder syndrome. Well, my sort of second most studied area besides organizational life cycles is with founders. I did my PhD dissertation actually on nonprofit founders, and in particular, nonprofit arts founders. First of all, there's very little literature on this out there, but what we know anecdotally and what we know from the research I've done and a few other people have done is that the identity of many founders is tied up very closely with their identity as an institutional person. So the institutions or the organization's identity and their identity are often one and the same thing. In idea stage, of course, that's the case. In startup, that's a normal thing. By the time an organization knows it's going to survive and they're in sort of the growth stage, middle growth stage, it's really important for founders to begin to individuate themselves from their organizations and realize that the organization has a life of its own, the founder has a life of its own. And of course, most founders would rather leave a legacy than a closed door behind them. One would hope, and that is generally the case. I also talk about founders deciding whether they have a limited life corporation that's going to end with them or whether it's sustainable and going to go on and they want it to go on. In the case of those that want it to go on, then even more so, this whole issue of separating their identities is a really big thing. What research in the private sector shows is that a founder can stay as long as they want in an organization as long as they adapt their own needs and their own personal inclinations to the needs of the organization. And when they don't, it's time to leave? Well, then it sometimes becomes an unhealthy situation where the organization is centered around the whims of the founder. And where that becomes most problematic is if there's sort of unbridled leadership, in other words, ungoverned leadership. If a board is in place that really understands its role and may have the greatest of respect and esteem for the founder, which, by the way, I do, and I'm a founder, so I always have to you know, throw that into the mix. But if the board really knows its role, and it might cut the founder some slack here and there, but still is exercising its role on behalf of the organization, isn't just a board for the founder, then that's sort of the most ideal of all circumstances. Where things get problematic is if the founder makes the organization adjust to his or her own needs and ways of working 
and the board is more of a fan club of the founder as opposed to realizing its governance role. Most nonprofits get started with a founder. You know, if somebody has a vision, as you said, or identifies a gap in society and does whatever it takes to make that organization happen, the problem becomes when they lose sight of that vision and become so mired and so entrenched in the organization they can't separate it from themselves. That's it. And the longer a founder stays, the more the obligation to make sure that the organization really is functional. The thing is, most founders did not start their organizations to be great managers. They started to make a big difference in society or in arts and culture or whatever. That's really what they're focused on all the time. As founders, we have to keep remembering we're creating a whole set of organizational legs around us And as long as founders can keep remembering that, then I always say give them free reign to do their thing, whatever it is, as long as the organization can afford it. And there's somebody else both above them and the board level tempering and managerially running the place. Because founders are leaders. They're typically not managers. There must be a very delicate balance in the board trying to supervise the person who had the passion to begin the organization and struggled with it to get it to where it is today. What red flag or advice do you have for those boards that are in that position? It's not easy to supervise a founder. Especially when the sort of bloom goes off the rose and people begin to feel like there's a disconnect between the awe that they had for this founder and now thinking this person is a human being and we need to get in here and supervise the situation. The boards that manage through this the best are ones where the founder believes that the board understands the work and cares about the work and is committed to the work. It's when power struggles ensue or when a board uses a hammer rather than diplomacy that things go really wrong. And those are the horror stories you hear about. So I would urge in every case, all of these founders have so much sweat equity in what they've built. It's much, much better and much more advisable to find a diplomatic way to begin to make the kind of changes and set the kind of expectations that you want rather than sort of the overnight come in with, I'll just use the word hammer, because I think everybody knows what that means. And just speaking about founders and leaders, what about your own life cycle? What's next for you? Well, I've been at this 25 years as a management consultant, and before that I was a clinical social worker and a nonprofit administrator. So I'm getting into, even though I'm not quite retirement age, I've promised myself to take a sabbatical after I complete my 25th year. And so I'm going to be taking about a six-month sabbatical. And then next spring, I'll come back and reincarnate myself and possibly in doing exactly what I'm doing right now. But I want to give myself some mental space to really think about what's next and what's the best use of my life and my own calling going forward. Well, thank you so much, Susan. That was really a perfect ending. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Pat. BoardStar envisions strong nonprofit organizations governed by diverse, passionate, and resourceful leaders. Support for BoardStar is provided by the Northwestern Mutual Foundation, 
committed to inspiring human potential through lifelong learning and commitment to community. This educational podcast is sponsored by Northwestern Mutual, The Quiet Company, building lifelong relationships in communities for 150 years. Thanks for listening. Thank you.